0: I like to give this a few seconds to get going. Make sure I press the right buttons. Hello this is video clip number 18 in a series of video clips on the study of the first epistle of John. My name is David and I am glad to be with you. Videos 1 through 17 in this series can be viewed on Facebook and YouTube Just look for the title Words of Light Bible Study. In this video clip number 18 we are on chapter 3 and verse 14 in the first epistle of John so let's read that verse from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. This verse is not alluding to mankind in general. Mankind in general is sold out to the God of this world. And the God of this world, and the world he rules, is not to be loved by Christians. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 reads, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The God of this world gives men and women plenty to do other than to read God's holy word satan would prefer you to do anything rather than read and heed god's word grown men with families play games on their cell phones all through each day to the extent that they can't even do their jobs properly i've seen this personally if they even have a job adults and their children watch movies that use god's name in vain and sit and laugh with pleasure not even aware of what they hear or not caring about it. God's holy name becomes to them nothing more than another slang word in a world controlled by Satan and filled with the blackness of tolerated filth. When God's word is used in vain, it does not even turn a head. Almost no one notices. People wonder what's wrong in the world. Where is the law? Where is order? Guess what? Laws and values based on Christian values cannot be enforced by a people, by a nation, by a world that rejects God's Holy Word. When you reject or ignore God's Holy Word, you are rejecting and ignoring God's Son. You are a child of the devil, not a child of God. Strong words, true words, and your decision. Over and over and over again, the Apostle John makes it very clear that love is a mark that shows a Christian has, as our verse in part reads, passed from death unto life. This is a transition, a transition from certain death to certain life, to eternal life. At the same time, as we continue to read verse 14, we see that he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. If you are a Christian, your love for the brethren, that is other Christians, is a demonstration that you are a Christian and that you have passed from death to life. By nature, you and I are inheritors of death. Without God's grace, without Christ, we are left with only our worldly nature. Let's wander a little bit away from our study verse and remember our study verse is verse 14 of chapter three of the first epistle of John. Let's take a look at the book of John, not the first epistle of John, but the book of John, chapter 3 and verse 36. It reads, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now this does not mean that God is just a bit upset with a man that does not believe on his Son. It says that the wrath of God abideth on him. The New International Version of the Bible says that whosoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whosoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. God does not feel wrath against those who reject His Son only to have it fade away the next day or something. God's wrath remains on that individual, man or woman. It does not work, nor does it hold up to the truth of God's Word if you say, Sure, I'm good. I suppose there's enough evidence to support the idea that a man called Jesus once lived, and he was a prophet or a teacher or some such thing. If that is where you are in your thinking, that is nothing more than rejection of God's Word and a complete disregard for your own standing before God with all of your pride and intelligence and knowledge that you have gained from a world controlled by your father satan you are still headed straight for hell the book of john chapter 12 verse 40 reads from the king james bible he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and i should heal them be careful for yourself Don't be so smart in the things of this world that you remain ignorant. Don't resist God's call to you to the point that God gives up on you. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 reads, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You might not appreciate some of the words here if you are not a child of God, but you better start listening. It would be in your own interest to do so. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 from the New Living Translation of the Bible, which I usually don't read from. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now we go to verse 15 of chapter 3 of the first epistle of John from the King James Bible, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. This verse generates a lot of controversy and argument, and we are not going to go there. By saying we are not going to go there, I am not saying that we are not going to look at the meaning of this verse. Certainly we are going to do that because that is why we are here. What we are not going to do is to chase this verse around in endlessly connecting circles that do not result in us doing what we are supposed to do, which is to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second 2 Timothy two fifteen. It is possible to have a disagreement in this verse over the meaning of the word whosoever whosoever hateth his brother. Does that refer to a Christian hating his brother? Is a Christian capable of harboring the type of hate that can result in murdering a brother and still be a true Christian? The laws of men deal with overt acts. God's law deals with the motives in one's heart. A person might harbor the sort of hate that smells of murder, but at the same time that individual might not be able to actually carry out a murder due to fear, for example. In God's eyes, which pierce into the heart, that lazy or fearful man harboring hate is guilty of murder, even if it was not physically accomplished by him or her. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. The last part of this verse, ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him, tells me that such an individual as this is not a Christian. Christians have eternal life. A Christian cannot simply excuse hatred for another believer. You might get mad for some reason at a brother in Christ, and of course this can and should be addressed to resolve such feelings. You might not feel compelled to sit down and partake in crumpets and tea with a brother or sister in Christ at some particular time for some particular reason, but you certainly will not hate them and want to kill them maybe you don't like the way a fellow Christian dresses or the length of a brother's hair but as a Christian you do not give place to hate. Hate breeds murder. In a future video we will come to 1st John chapter 4 and verse 20 where John will expound on what we are looking at here. It reads if a man say I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That seems like a valid enough question for a person to ask themselves. Now let's move on to verse 16. First John chapter 3, verse 16 from the King James Version. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I want to read this same verse from the Good News translation of the Bible, it reads, this is how we know what love is, Christ gave his life for us, we too then ought to give our lives for others. Obviously the subject in this verse is love, the love that God has for us. Hereby perceive we the love of God. So you you and I can know a little bit about the nature of the love that God has for us. Therefore, we can as well know a little bit more about the nature of God himself. We are not able to feel love as purely as God feels love any more than we can comprehend the absolute nature of God. This measure of understanding that we can have of God's love is demonstrated to us because he laid down his life for us. That is the sort of love that God has for us. The last part of this verse reads, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Or we can read from the New International Version, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This does not mean for us to die, for us to experience death as Jesus experienced death on the cross. Jesus died for us on the cross. This was done once, at a specific time and a specific place. Not to be done again. It is finished. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God. Christians are not to be dead sacrifices. Let's read from Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and from the New International Version this time. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thank you for being here with me, and I hope you will be here next time for video number 19 as we continue our study in the first epistle of John.